You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. So I still notice at the, at the local car dealership down the road from the station there, they got all the pickup trucks lined up. They've had them for years. So I get gas right across the street early in the morning, and I'm just looking at them, and I'm like, wow. You know, kind of seen that happen. I had that idea like 20 years ago. Should have bought one 20 years ago. <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, they're kind of practical if you get the double cab and, you know, you get a cover on the back and all that kind of stuff. You know, and so now it seems to be all the rage, right? And they say they're having problems getting them in, although they've got them in at this particular place. I don't know. Uh, the question was put out there recently if you had... You know, $50,000, dollars That's what you're talking about. Basic pickup truck right there. Would you buy, I guess, the electric. That's what it was. The electric truck, <clears throat> at least from one manufacturer, is like $40,000 starting. $40,000 for an electric truck. Would you buy an electric truck if, you, <laughs> if you're given $40,000? What would you do with that? Yes, Kathy? No. Oh, <laughs> Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I guess a lesson out of this story is that if you know someone in your family who was homeless or maybe they disappeared, maybe they ran off or something months, years ago, and you don't know where they are and stuff like that, they may be thinking that you don't want them back. I have a feeling you would like to reunite from them. A really tragic accident brought a homeless man to his family. It was incredible. You know, you, you think about all the things, all the terrible things in the story, but all the things that came together. And you really see God working in the midst of something terrible. Um, it all started when a county sheriff, uh, this is in another state, so it's not, you know, near county, but they were chasing a robbery suspect and got into an accident with another vehicle. And then five other cars were caught up in the chaos. It was terrible. Not everybody survived. Um, but this homeless man by the name of Johnny Walker uh, just said, I was at the right place at the right time. I, I was doing some work for someone. I was taking some tools back and I heard this boom, 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 boom. I'm just quoting him. Uh, he said, I ran out here to see what was going on. A lot of cars. I paid attention to the fire. My instincts were go to that car and help him out because he was crushed in on both sides. You know, and, and I'm thinking, oh, that's what my instincts would be. But they probably would. You'd be surprised. Yours would be that way, too, probably. Sometimes you have to make a choice. He said, the car was on fire. I could lose my life. Jumped over the car, worked with a couple others to pull the officer out of the vehicle, get him to safety in a nearby store, and he said, I'm just disappointed we couldn't help someone else. I'm just thinking about them little kids. But, of course, the sheriff's department was very grateful, issued condolences to the family members that lost family members. Um, but that's not the end of the story. As it turns out, his family had been searching hospitals and morgues for him because they heard that he had dis- was deceased believed to have been killed, uh, and they knew he was homeless. But he was on TV talking about the rescue. They recognized him. They were overjoyed. It was, I mean, when we got to him, he was just really upset he couldn't help the lady. But his sister started a GoFundMe to help her brother, Johnny, get back on his feet. 
It has raised over $6,000. It is intended, quote, to help them find resources for counseling and a home. We do care about each other, don't we? When all said and done. The sound of life. It was amazing how after the snow, um, it just felt warm out. I was actually snow blowing it a little bit. You know, I mean, even though what we, I got, we only got like a couple inches. I don't, you know, it wasn't that bad. But then you got the driveway and stuff. And I thought, yeah, you know, just have some fun. Snowblower started on the first crank. Guys, you appreciate that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's hand pull. you know. I lost the whole uh, the cable that plugs into the electric for the electric start. I don't know where that is. You ever had that happen? And so, uh, you know, I'm like, Lord, let it start. And, uh, there we go. <laughs> okay. But uh, I was, uh, it, was, it was fun. I was actually out there sweating and stuff. It was a big difference, you know, from the bitter cold. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, no, that's, that's not, not for me. I don't know about you, but no, not, you know, when you got to get all bundled up like you're in an expedition to climb a mountain just to take the dog out, <laughs> it's like, no, not that. So I thought I'd have some fun on Monday, Mug Day, and do a Tuesday edition and really confuse you. But the things happened on January the 18th, that UFO sighting, is the funniest thing. That's the first I've ever heard of that. Um, the sighting in America. I imagine the pilgrims were quite perplexed, but they wrote it down. Pretty cool. They wrote that thing down there. And landing of a plane on a first time, I would imagine, first shipboard landing of a plane. USS Pennsylvania in 1911. So we had eight years we had been flying. Ever. Forever. Total of eight years. And he said, Ma, I'm going to take this thing down and put it on that plane. <laughs> That's the way it is. But just to give you a little bit of a hint, it's coming up right after Dr. Tony Evans. And uh, it has to do with Captain... All right, so you look up today in history and Captain Cook, and you'll get it, and you'll get my one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with a surprise inside. Yes! The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. You probably, if you got a little age on me like me, I don't know about Jaden's age, but maybe, uh, great TV show. I highly recommend it. Everybody loves Raymond, right? And Ray Romano was the lead character on there and on the show everybody loves raymond his brother was an nypd cop right his brother really is an nypd cop i did not know that and he's a screenwriter he's uh, went on investigation to prove jesus death and resurrection pretty amazing he uh he took that divergent path of course 20-year veteran of the new york police department he became a cop because he wanted to make a positive impact in society which is probably a very common thing to do he came to a place in his journey where he started to doubt his faith, a real-life story that serves as the basis of The Investigator. I say it that way so you'll know that's the name of the movie, The Investigator. It's a movie he wrote about a veteran police detective who becomes a criminal justice teacher and baseball coach at a local high school before embarking on the most important investigation of his life, an investigation to show Sufficient evidence to prove Jesus' life and existence. Pretty amazing right there. So if I can, I'm going to post the link to... Uh, now, this is Ray Romano's brother I'm talking about. Okay. Um, who did this? Pretty cool. His name is Richard. So he did it, and the uh, the show was called The Investigator. So hopefully I can post the link and make it easier to find that. You, know, you can watch it, you know? A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Man, I tell you, I am hungry, and you will be too after I share this incredible story with you 
Um, and, and let me just preface it by saying that professional athletes, they're very tuned in to nutrition, very tuned in to vitamins and such that they take, they put in their bodies. They're under the care of physicians and doctors, you know, and from time to time they get injured. They have to know when they're going to go back out to play. They take things to help them return to play, to be all that they can be, to steal a phrase from the Army. And the thing is, it's not all bad. You know, sometimes I think we just automatically react when we see where, oh, an athlete, oh, they were caught, well, it's a bad substance, you're evil, get out, and all that, you know. And this was the case in Jared Velheider's, uh, Veldier's um, NFL career. He was uh, taking a prescription medication. It was to boost up his testosterone, but that substance in it was banned by the NFL. And he was given a six-game suspension, but he was at a point in his career, which was 11 years in the NFL, where he said, I'm, I think it's time for me to do something else. And I think the kids at the school cafeteria would think it is, believe it or not. This man who once made, I don't know, $29 million with the Arizona Cardinals as a lineman, you're talking about somebody that's 6'8", 330. You can't, like, woo, okay? He doesn't fit in anywhere. I mean, it's just amazing. But uh, thanks to a proper diet, he was down to, I don't know, under 300 pounds, I guess. But he saw an ad that this school, in fact, it happened to be his kid's school, needed somebody to do lunch. He said, I wasn't be- I'm planning on becoming the lunch lady but I figured it was something I could handle. He's 34 years old. He's <laughs> played in the NFL 11 years, you know. And uh, Green Bay Packers, Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders, and he was intrigued by the job because he loves cooking. And as a professional athlete, he did spend a lot of time focused on nutrition. So he said, uh, you know, there's value in being able to cook and provide kids with a good, nutritious lunch. His kids are six and four, and they go to that school. So he accepts a job paying $15 an hour, a far cry from the millions that he made in the NFL, but he did it for experience and to help out, not for the money. Sometimes people actually do do things because it's not for the money, right? I mean, (laughs) Paul and I have that say, when is it not about the money? In this case right here, it's pretty cool. In fact, they renamed the cafeteria Spa 68 Cafe after his NFL number. And these kids right now paying $3.50 for a lunch. He got rid of those slices of pizza, the salty tomato sauce, and the greasy cheese. They're gone. Chicken nuggets, no. French fries, no. Sugary desserts, they're out. That's my diet. Okay. Replaced by smoked carnitas mashed cauliflower, a salad bar, and a Korean beef that I can't pronounce that the kids have never tasted, and they loved it because he put brown sugar into the marinade. (laughs) It's pretty cool. And he said, you know, kindergartners are my toughest critics. (laughs) Pretty amazing. One of the funniest stories that he told was the time he was, he had to get the kids to try German sausage and sauerkraut. Okay, you're very familiar with that. But they probably aren't, and smelling it and looking at it. So he decided to, to dress up in lederhosen. That's right, which is no small feat for a man who's 6'8 and now weighs 265. <laughs> lederhosen. 
They absolutely loved it, and the parents are like, with all the things he could have chosen to do after his football career, it speaks volumes that he decided to take on this role. Pretty cool, yes. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Thank you, Lord, for this plumber. He's a plumber, right? And he gets a call, and turns out it's a 91-year-old's home, and the invoice that he wrote up on it is going viral for very good reason. Called out to boiler, high pressure, two leaks. Lady is 91 years of age, acute leukemia, end-of-life care. No charge for this lady under any circumstances. We will be available 24 hours to help her and help her as be as comfortable as possible. That's the plumber. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. An incredible feat there. I just love to point out some really good news for you this morning. It's amazing. And I love the photograph, which I will share on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. I'm talking about a fisherman who had the opportunity to use his raft. Now, when you see the people in it, you'll be like, Wow, they're in a boat? Really? It's it's very small. But, you know, he brought it to God. He said, I'm going to use it to rescue people in this uh, flood that's going on in uh, Brazil. I do believe it's in, it's in Brazil. His name is uh, Jean, I guess that's a or Jean. Uh, he uh, and his brother spent Christmas Eve using the only thing they had. And that was his wrath. That's all he had left in this flood. He saved 121 families. Can you believe that? He lost his own home to the flooding. He worked nonstop for 37 hours, moving around in 10 feet deep water to help as many people as possible. And uh, thankfully, funds have been raised to buy him a new home. He's, uh, he's the good news today, <laughs> okay? Uh, it's a pretty amazing, and I will share the photograph that somebody took of him, rightly so, seemingly just spent and exhausted. But it's amazing uh, what you can do, right? Just bring to the table what you've got. Let God do the rest. Right? Yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Well, I tell you, I just got to give kudos to a business in Albany. And I love the names of hairstyling places and barbershops and stuff. Back in the 80s in Kingston, I found a place that was called Headlines Off Broadway. You may remember that. Because Broadway was right through the middle of uptown Kingston. And they were off Broadway. And it was, well, you get the idea. But they're all like that kind of. But this one, and, and, and they don't have to be rural. You always think of them as, you know, like the Route, 50, route 33. Route, anyway. Um, but there's a place in, uh, it's, an, it's an urban situation there in Albany, downtown Albany. And it's called Here We Are Barbershop. And I'm just mentioning it because uh, probably typical of many businesses around, especially barbershops, Yusuf Burgess sitting in there, you know, waiting for customers to kind of come in, thinking about the dozens of clients who would sit in his chair every week. And now he's lucky to see three customers a week in the barbershop. That's not going to get it done. It's on South Pearl Street. And uh, he's wondering how much longer he can continue cutting hair, he said. And it kind of feels like a dominated world instilling fear in customers. 
But um, his father, he had the right idea, and he took a page from him. Uh, he keeps the shop afloat during uncertain times. He said, it's not always about the money. It's about bartering, too, taking care of each other, right? It's about neighborhood stewardship. That's what his father taught him. When someone can't afford a haircut, we barter with them. He said, I give him a single mom with a haircut with kids. You can't really afford it, but she'll cook me a meal, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Keep it going right there. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting. They are very well in tune with the community. We stay afloat, he said, because everybody knows each other. We try to take care of each other to the best of our abilities. And that's the thing right there. No, it is not always about the money. And that's a case where it's really, when it's not, it's something very, very special. It's really cool. They, in fact, did a back-to-school giveaway in the fall last year, supplying children with book bags that can often be found chipping in at block parties or other South End events, as that part of Albany is uh, known as there on South Pearl Street. Hair, we are barbershop. I like what he said. He said, you go to the barbershop, get your hair cut, and they give you advice. And uh, all you need, they can shoot you in the direction you need to go. He said, uh, our, our barbershops in our neighborhood, they're like the doctors. <laughs> okay? No offense to doctors. But. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Oh, yeah. Maverick City Music there. Promises is the name of that. Uh, nominated for a Grammy. I was just thinking, I don't know what the Grammys are going to look like. Award season kind of starting here, you know, out in Hollywood and stuff. And I, I don't know what it's going to look like. Or it's going to be in person, giving them away, anything like that. Um, I, I'm not real sure yet. But there's one thing I do know what it looks like. I mean, I do because I trust the person who told me. Okay? And that leads me to a really cool thought, kind of a devotional after a couple of high-profile deaths we've had. You probably know who I'm talking about. At the top of the list has to be Betty White. They were already celebrating her 100th birthday uh, on the front of a popular magazine. That was on the 17th, or it was to be. She did not make it to 100. 99. I like what someone said. You lived a very, very long time, but not long enough for us. It's kind of the way it is. Quite an entertainer she was. Now, another entertainer. Bob Saget, who everybody knows from Full House or from America's Funniest Home Videos and stuff, he's 65, or was, and he said after Betty White passed away um, that he, um, he said, I don't know um, what, he, he said, she always said the love of her life was her husband, Alan Ludden, who she lost in 1981. Well, if things work out by Betty's design in the afterlife, they're reunited. I don't know what happens when we die. But if Betty says you get to be with the love of your life, then I happily defer to Betty on this. But I honestly, Bob said, I don't know what happens when we die. He, a few days later, did die uh, at the age of 65. All right? So there you go. And it is something that we think about probably almost every day. Betty White, Bob Saget, not the only people, celebrities by any means, who've recently died, not the only comedians to think about the afterlife. I don't mention the name of somebody who now has, has been eclipsed. His death has been eclipsed, but uh, was, it was big back in September of last year, Norm MacDonald. He died of cancer at the age of 61. He, he had cancer. Most people didn't know it because he just quietly fought that battle and continued his comedy work. He often spoke about the afterlife and heaven. In fact, Larry King asked Norm MacDonald about his religious views in an interview. 
He said, I'm a Christian. Uh, it's not stylish to say that now. And Larry asked him, you believe in the Lord? He said, yes, I do. And uh, Larry didn't know he was interviewing a man facing death every day in his fight with cancer. He asked Norm McDonald, you think that you're going somewhere when life ends? And Norm said, I do. And Larry said he could not believe in an afterlife because of all the evil in the world. And Norm said, it sounds like you have a God-shaped hole in your heart. And he did, of course, because we all do, don't we? We all need Christ and his grace in there, a new heart that he'll give you. Norm MacDonald posted those words, Scripture, faith, grace, Christ, glory of God. Smart man says nothing is a miracle. I say everything is. Pretty amazing. Now, the writer of this thought and this devotional said, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I think about it because I'm a pastor and, and also because my son died in 2008. And I've deeply thought about what happens when we leave this life and enter the next one. And here's what has brought endless comfort to me, that there is a heaven and Jesus made a way for us to go there. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. It's one of my favorite utterances of all times in the Bible. In John chapter 11, he said, I am the, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Wow. The sound of life. Well, the NFL still going. I mean, this is supposed to be, from all historical accounts, the best weekend in pro football. And there are four games, two Saturday and two Sunday. And these are the top teams. I mean, these are teams that are 12 and 5, 13 and 4, you know, Cincinnati's 10 and 7, but I think they're way better than that. They're playing Tennessee. Wow, how do you call a game like that, right? San Francisco playing Green Bay, where if it's not five below, we, we just not even go into the game. You know, I mean, that's what everybody's looking forward to there. Now, very interesting. And uh, Buffalo, the only New York team that actually plays in New York. Yeah, Bills, all right, loving you, right? You got a lot of fans this year because they're in the playoffs and they're playing Kansas City at Kansas City. Too bad their game's not, you know, but uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know how to call it. It's just amazing. The Rams playing in Tampa, thankfully. So down in Florida and Tampa, and of course, Tampa now, Coached by Tom Brady, longtime quarterback of the New England Patriots. You know, finally he leaves, get to beat up on the Patriots a little bit. But um, an amazing statistic somebody put out there, which is uh, actually when you think about it, because, you know, to be a coach in the NFL, you would think you've got to have some coaching experience under you. You know, as a 35-year-old, you're not coming in as an NFL head, a head coach in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. A lot of sports enthusiasts going, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Tom Brady is older at 44 years old. He's, he's older than every remaining opposing coach in the NFC. Any town that could dream up a hoax like this has a sense of humor that I wouldn't try to... The Cup and Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Clap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The Sound of Life. We've lost a lot of uh, celebrities and comedians and music people and stuff. It seems like an inordinate amount near the end of the year there. And um, 
it's it, it always uh, saddens you to really not know. You know, they're they're like kind of saying, well, I don't know if there's an afterlife or not. I, you know, whatever Betty White says, I guess is good. You know, she believes this and stuff, and and you're kind of like, that's very important. <laughs> Eternity should be at the top of the list, right? Right above eyesight. I don't know. But Norm MacDonald is a guy, if you knew, he's a Canadian comedian who was very funny. He had his own kind of dry sense of humor and stuff. And he recently was one of those that died. Uh, he was fighting cancer for a long time, and a lot of people didn't know it. And then he died at 61, and he said, well, for years he had cancer. But he knew, and everybody else knew, what his religious, quote-unquote, views were. As he said, you know, oh, I believe in the Lord. You know, it's not stylish right now. I'm a Christian. You know, and he said that it's and and um, says Larry King said uh, I, I can't really believe in an afterlife, you know, because of all the evil in the world. And Norm said, "Sounds like you've got a God-shaped hole in your heart." That's a good response, right there, Norm. And it's true because we all do, right? He once posted these words. You got to love these words from Norm Macdonald, comedian. Scripture, faith, grace, Christ, glory of God. Smart man says nothing is a miracle. I say everything is really very cool. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Just about every week in the news, maybe not the news you see, but the news I see, is talking about archaeologists finding something pretty exciting uh, out wherever they're digging in the Middle East. As someone said they, they dug up the whole Middle East practically. But they have discovered... Believe it or not, while digging in Oman, you know, what do you expect? Cups, plates, um, you know, artifacts relating to trade, daily survival. Coins are always very exciting to find. But a 4,000-year-old game board, you heard me correctly, excavating in the Bronze and Iron Age settlement. They, that's what they found, a 4,000-year-old game board. Really? Wow. And, of course, they all had to play. <laughs> Let's figure out. Let's play it, probably, you know. Uh, it had marked fields, cup holds, and holding game pieces. Wow. So they knew that that was going on there. And I did a little bit of research on, you know, naturally you think, well, that's, you know, certainly would have covered the time of Jesus. Did Jesus sit around the campfire? You know, we think he was in some big philosophical, you know, theological discussion. Maybe they were playing a game, you know, I don't know. I mean, and, and it certainly was a possibility. If you look, Jesus' critics didn't think he was too serious. They thought he was, well, they thought he was too lighthearted, perhaps maybe even worse. I mean, you know, they, they you're, you're, you're too much of, you're too lighthearted, too much fun. You're, how can you be a rabbi? How can you be teaching and things like that? I mean, you know, he did things on the Sabbath, just to get the Pharisees riled up and stuff. And he had quite a sense of humor, it seems like, right? I mean, after all, he went to the wedding in Cana, which is a big celebration, and he wasn't even known. And, he, and his disciples went with him, and they were celebrating, and then <gasps> the wine ran out. And everybody knew that that was really not good. For, for the people that put the wedding on, you know, it, it did, we didn't want it to be remembered for that. And so he stepped in, didn't he? He, he became the life of the party, if you will. I mean, it, it happened. He, he did that. And it was like, wow, why do you hide the best wine for later? You know, and 
So that's very interesting. I mean, there's no way to know if Jesus would, uh, you know, said ever go to a movie or play a round of golf or things like that because they weren't open to him. But uh, he he certainly was not sitting in the corner. He was kind of the life of the party. Do we think of Jesus that way? Wow. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Kind of, kind of messing with your mind there. What do you think of Jesus was like, right? And um, we know that back in the day, they played games. You had kids' games. They played just like they do now. They play pretend and things with things. Uh, ball games. I mean, kids today in other countries, they, they'll make a ball out of garbage, basically. You know, But they, they play games and stuff. Adults would play dice games or make music. I mean, you know, they tell stories and stuff. They shared humor, enjoyed feasting and drinking. I mean, uh, but, you know, Jesus knew how to use all that stuff. I think he knew how to be fun, but he knew how to use it all, you know, without sinning, obviously. So that was a whole big thing. But he must have been, I mean, just on a level to talk to, to listen to him talk on a daily basis. We always think he's expounding on biblical truths, yes, my father will have you. And there were times that he did, of course. But it's just very interesting, you know. Uh, I, I mean, his critics say more about the critics than they do about his behavior. I mean, he attended parties, and feasts, and part of community life in Galilee. He was not the quiet guest in the corner. He was in the midst of it all. I mean, his critics thought he was having way too much fun. That sounds like the kind of person. I mean, you know, if you were like... If you could not sin and still do that, wouldn't that be kind of cool? The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. Kind of having a little fun, you know, when they get proven wrong because everybody gets all upset and excited and all this. You know, I'm talking about the usual sources in the media. Back in 1996, a team led by NASA announced, are you ready? Organic compounds in the rock have been left by living creatures. This is a meteorite from Mars landed on the Earth, and they, it has co- organic compounds in it. And may, Now, some scientists were skeptical, but I guess they were just sitting in the corner. I don't know, but researchers have been chipping away at that premise over the decades since that's gone by. And uh, most recently by a team led by the Carnegie Institute for Science, uh, they basically have nixed the Mars life in the meteor found in the Antarctica, in case you were kind of hoping that that, would, that had life in it. Yeah, they, it, it, it was quite a big splash when it came out, you know, uh, but evidence of ancient primitive Martian life, uh, not, it's not, not, not there. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's carbon-rich compounds were actually... The result of water, most likely salty or briny water, flowing over the rock for a prolonged period, which does kind of make sense. All right? I'm saying is yeah. that there are some... Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. Let me just say this about the weather. I mean, it's uh, the indigenous... It's the quintessential. It's the typical of a, of a, of the old school winter weather. This, we should have this in this time of the year, 
You should be this cold for a while. You know, things get frozen and stuff. It's good. It's good. We'll, we'll come out of it. Uh, in a couple of days, it'll moderate. So it's okay. I know it's tough sometimes. <laughs> Mornings like this. Feel for you if you got to be outside for any length of time. Really do. One of the things that happened to me, and I realized of all the times that I'm, uh, I, my hands are on things that are dangerous. Well, you know, power drills, saws, things like that. Is it because I'm more careful that uh, I don't get injured? I haven't gotten injured that way. No, no. The way I got injured last night was by a piece of paper. <laughs> Sliced my finger right open. A piece of paper. Maybe that's what it is. You let your guard down. You're not thinking, right? And then next thing you know, whoosh, you know, just like a scalpel blade. I'm telling you. Laid it right open. Amazing. You made a boo-boo. Well, a great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. It's 20 degrees right now in Washington, D.C. It is a cold morning like you would expect for the March for Life. It's happening. And uh, it's, uh, again, what's this, the 49th year? It's pretty amazing. It has an intriguing history. Founded by the late Nellie Gray, who was an attorney working in Washington, D.C. She's in her late 40s. A few months before the first march, about a dozen people gathered in her townhouse on Capitol Hill. And they were discussing the recent Roe uh, Supreme Court decision. And uh, they brainstormed ways to push back on this front. And uh, they didn't want that terrible anniversary to go unnoticed without standing up for the unborn. So they decided, well, let's do a march. And on January 22nd in 1974, kids, thousands of participants who rallied, marched around the U.S. Capitol and lobbied members of Congress. The weather's been the same every year, pretty much. Some years you get blessed with warm weather. But they initially assumed the march would would last maybe once or twice. We would do this before people realized, oh, this this is terrible. They thought it would go away after a year or two, and they were shocked. And so we have the 49th March for Life. It grew and grew and became younger in demographics. That's exciting. What else is exciting? That many people are talking this year, this may very well be the last time. Because why they're marching may not be needed by next year this time. All right? So it's very exciting right there as tens of thousands of people... Gather, and I will post the link because you can watch it. CBN's carrying it live, and I'll post the link on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page just for you. Thank you. The Sound of Life. Rattle is the name of the song there, Elevation Worship. Certainly not the last time or first time anybody's ever mentioned dry bones rattling. That comes from the prophet Ezekiel, I believe, right? You tell me if I'm wrong about that. Sometimes I get a little confused altogether there, but back in the day, God showed him the nation of Israel as dry bones, just lifeless, rising up out of the dust and life coming on them. And ever since then, it's kind of been an image, right? Some people have been kind of freaked out by that. They're like, what is that? What is that dry bones? What is that? You know, so I tell them and they go, oh, oh, oh okay. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what he was being shown. Kind of makes sense that we like to hear the best of. I love on Cup of Joe Morning Show. Friday's kind of the best of, worst of kind of thing. And uh, But I love to hear the best of, things that happened. Think about that. Got, got a little story about that coming up, what you think about. 
But uh, I like what Jerry Bridges says. Your worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. Amen. Loving Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Uh, everybody's talking about football, I guess. You know, it's funny. I kind of got into it. Um, my son-in-law's big fan of a particular team. And uh, Buffalo was doing real well this year. The only New York team that plays in the state of New York. I always have to say that when you say Buffalo. I know some of those fans. They're in the playoffs, right? They're looking good. It's amazing. It's, it's probably one of the most exciting playoffs ever because of the makeup of the teams. I would say that the league did pretty good. I, you know, they added an extra game. <laughs> why do they do that? But they did. That's why it goes, it's going longer. Pretty soon we'll be playing the Super Bowl. You know, we'll all be having Florida weather in by the time. Anyway, um, so it's going to be exciting. And the crowds are back. And uh, the crowds are in the stadium, and the TV crowds are back. It's going to be exciting. You've got uh, one of the quarterbacks who's older than the coaches <laughs> playing, but doesn't look it. It's amazing. Don't you think Tom Brady probably learned something new every year? I would think. You don't get to be in the position that he's in with all those Super Bowls, and obviously he's the one that had I me, mean, you know, he's obviously, since he switched teams from New England, it's not just the coach. You know, but it's it's a whole team thing. But he's doing very well. But I was just thinking, he must learn something. And and I do that all the time. Of course, I'm not Super Bowl quarterback coach or anything. But it's a little bit easier for me to learn things because I don't know so much. The speaker was talking last night to a crowd. And he said, you know, your mind cannot not focus on something. I thought, what? <laughs> he said, if I say don't think about the elephant in the room, of course, that's all you're going to think about, right? And then he gave an illustration, which I will give you today, which will help you out, no matter where you are. And that is that you watch these GoPro videos of people uh, skiing down through the woods. They're in off the trail, and they're zipping in and out between the trees and zipping along at seemingly breakneck speed. And you're thinking, whoa, man, how do they, if they focus on the trees, they're going to hit a tree. Because that's what they're focused on. They're not focused on the trees. You go down through the woods by being focused on that path that you are going to be on and you know you're going to be on. And that's what you focus on. Focusing on the path that God has put you on. And that is true for every part in life. Right, you know. There are things that come along. Don't pay them any attention. Focus on uh, see, you learned something, hopefully. hopefully. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words, putting into sentence, doing. The sound of life. If you ever have burnt toast, not really anything good about burnt toast, right? Remember uh, scraping the burnt off the toast? You remember that? That's old school right there. That's uh, it's kind of one of those things with Kathleen tells about one evening her mother made dinner after a hard day's work. She put a plate of eggs, salad, and burnt toast in front of my father. And she said, I immediately noticed that burnt toast. And I was waiting to see if he was going to complain about it. But my father started to eat them, smiling, and asked me how I spent my day at school. My mom apologized to my dad for the burnt toast, and I'll never forget his response. Honey, I love burnt toast. And later, I'm going to bed, 
and my dad came over to kiss me goodnight, and I said, you really like burnt toast? <laughs> he hugged me, and he said, you know what? Your mom has had a difficult day, and she's really tired. She went out of her way to prepare this meal for us. Why blame her and hurt her? Burnt toast never hurt anyone, but words can be very painful. We have to know how to appreciate what others do for us, don't we? Even if it's not perfect, because it's the intention to do well that counts, and no one is perfect, are they? Amen. Yeah. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.